0: Uh, we're continuing in Matthew and uh, we're starting at chapter 20 and reading verses 1 through to 16, the parable of the workers in the vineyard. So that's Matthew chapter 20 and starting at verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, but you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who, these who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last.
1: Well, hey, uh, what is the hardest day of labour that you've ever been engaged in? Uh, for me, when I think about it, I think it was probably, in terms of you know, physical tiredness, I think it was probably a stretch where I um, did a, a few weeks' work uh, over the summer period, out in St. George, out west in the country, and I was a rock melon picking. Uh, it was a summer job, as I say, and it was hot. And uh, you, know, you, you followed this tractor, which had uh, these sort of conveyor belt arms uh, that would uh, go out over the rock melons. And you would follow along behind that, and you would be leaning down, checking for whether those melons were ripe enough to pick. You'd find some, you'd chuck them up onto the conveyor belt, and all the while you were following along, keeping up pace with this uh, tractor. And uh, you know that might not sound that bad, and there are absolutely worse jobs, but I just remember long days. I remember liters of water. I remember an aching back. and uh, you know the first day, at least because I didn't wear gloves, I just remember shredded hands as well. It was hard physical work, and you slept well. Now in the section that we've just read, Jesus tells a story, it's a parable, a story put together to illustrate a particular point, and it's a story about workers, people working out in the field. And some of them have been laboring long and hard all day, but when they get to the end, they feel like they haven't actually been justly rewarded. Uh, they've worked hard, but um, the compensation for their hard work, it seems to them to have been inadequate. And so they're sort of they're looking around for the phone number for the union. Uh, now, have you ever been there? Uh, have you ever had that sense that the reward for your hard work has been inadequate? We face that in the workplace sometimes, uh, but here Jesus gives this story to help his followers think about what God gives to us. Okay, Back in uh, chapter 19, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, has asked Jesus a question. He says there in verse 27, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. In other words, it's hard work following you, and so what then will there be? For us. In other words, what's our reward? And Jesus, is there firstly, actually, he, he answers in verse 28 through to the end of the chapter by reassuring Peter. Uh, y- you know what? I want you to understand that there is great blessing in following me. It may be hard, but it's totally worth it. You receive a hundred times more than you lose, Peter, and then there's eternal life. It's, it's totally worth it. Jesus says. That's his reassurance. But now in this next section, Jesus gives a qualification to that. Because what he wants to say here is that although I want to reassure you that it's totally worth it to follow me, yet let me be clear that the blessings you receive are not because you've worked hard for it. Uh, Those blessings are not because you've earned it, but only because God has been gracious to you. And that's what this story is about. And so it's an important story for us because what it digs at are issues of entitlement versus issues of gratitude. Is the kingdom of God something that I'm entitled to or is it something that I'm grateful for? That's what this story is about. So let's remind us ourselves of the story. Uh, Jesus says here that the kingdom of God is like a landowner who hires workers for his vineyard. And now the day starts at about 6 a.m. He goes out, he hires workers for the day. Uh, They agree to the wage of a denarius, which, you know, was a good day's wage. It was a generous day's wage for unskilled labourers. And then the landowner goes out again at 9 a.m. and finds some more workers. And then again at noon, And then again at 3pm he finds some more workers. And then even at 5pm, just an hour before the close of the day, uh, he goes out and gains more workers. And uh, so the end of the day comes and uh, now it's time for the workers to be paid. Only what happens now is surprising. Uh, Because those who just arrived at 5pm get paid a whole denarius. Uh, And so that's a lot given they were just there for an hour. And so the 6am workers see this and they're expecting that they're going to be laughing all the way to the bank, but when they receive what they receive. It's a denarius, like everyone else. And they they complain about this. And, I mean, of course, at one level, we kind of understand the complaint, don't we? I mean, an an average uh, daily wage in Australia today is about $250. And so if you want to work it out in hourly terms, the 5pm workers for their one hour of work get paid $250 an hour, pretty good rate, Uh, whereas the 6amers for their 12 hours of work get less than $21 an hour. And so the 6amers, they are not too happy about this and they complain. And the landowner responds by saying, ''Hang on a second, didn't we agree to a denarius at the beginning of the day and weren't you pretty happy with that wage at the beginning? Didn't that seem fair to you then? And so don't I then have the right to use my money as I see fit?'' Are you envious because I'm generous? That's the conclusion to the story. So the story gets us thinking, doesn't it? I mean, okay, we wouldn't run a business in this way, and Jesus isn't suggesting that we should, but Jesus wants to get us thinking and to teach us. So we consider the elements of the story. And we come firstly to the workers, Okay, how should we understand the place of the workers in the story? Well, the way to understand their place is to think of the workers as those who are needy. Okay, the workers need employment that's why, by the way, they're hanging out in the marketplace. Uh, among other things, the marketplace uh, was kind of like, if you like, sort of, it was sort of the job centre. It, it was where you would go to say, hey, I need work, I need a job. And so these guys are needy. Okay, I don't know if you've ever um, been unemployed. Uh, you know, maybe for you that's even your situation right now. I've only been in that situation a couple of times and thankfully both times only um, briefly. But in the moment, I didn't know that it would be brief. And knowing I had a family of six to support meant that it really wasn't a nice feeling. It was a vulnerable place to be in. And and you're meant to see that in the workers. Okay, in verse 6, when the landowner finds people even at 5pm and says... Why are you still here? And they say, well, no one hired us. You meant to go, oh, I wonder if their family's going to have enough to eat tomorrow. See, this is a society where it's, it's without social security. It's where people are getting paid daily, not fortnightly, because it's quite possible you'll need that for tomorrow tomorrow. And so how are you meant to see these workers? Well, you see them as those who are needy and they are finding help through the the landowner, a landowner who doesn't abuse their need, as was so often the case, but who provides for them with a good and generous wage. They're needy. And this is how we're meant to see ourselves in relation to God. You know, last week in chapter 19, we saw Jesus interact with the rich young man, didn't we? And the rich young man, he wants to enter God's kingdom, but he has no sense of his need of grace if that's going to happen. He thinks his goodness will earn him a place in the kingdom, and so Jesus uh, gently prods him to think about whether that's actually uh, possible. He says, oh, come on. You think you've really kept all of God's commandments. Um, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. Honor your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the rich young man goes, it's okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm good. I've, I've done all of that. And so essentially what Jesus done, does then is he, he gives him a little practical test in how good he is at keeping the ninth commandment. You shall not cover And he says, well, well, okay, why don't you go and sell what you have and give it to the poor and come follow me? He's testing how attached are you to your money. And we're told the man didn't want to sell his stuff because he had great wealth. And, of course, what Jesus was doing there is he was trying to say to this guy, you know what, you think you've got all the moral goodness to enter into the kingdom of God. But actually you're needy. Actually you're a sinner. Actually you're you're, you're covetous, you're greedy, you don't match up to God's standard for us. And so you need grace. And so the first step in entering the kingdom is to realise our need. We are sinners broken God's laws, and so we are not entitled to enter the kingdom. In fact, have you ever considered that God was not even obliged to give us a second chance at entering the kingdom? Uh, He wasn't obliged to send Jesus that we might find forgiveness through him. The truth is he could have just exercised justice um, immediately, as, for example, he did with the angels who rebelled would have been totally fair of God to do that. So we're, just, we're not entitled to enter the kingdom of God. But see, the amazing thing is that through God's grace, he has made a way for us to be able to do exactly that. You know, J.R. Packer once wrote, a, a it was a Christian classic called Knowing God, and in it he writes a chapter on grace. And he says there that the amazing grace of God quickly becomes the boring grace of God when we forget the greatness of our sin and when we think that God owes us in some way. And so the point is that we must resist a sense of entitlement. The workers here, they're people who are needy. And so we turn to the landowner. What are we meant to learn here of him. Well, what we're meant to learn here of him is that he is full of grace. Okay, let me take you through this. As I say, the landowner here agrees to to pay his workers a denarius, which is a generous um, day's uh, wage for unskilled laborers. And uh, then you notice he's out again at 9am and you think, okay, he he wants more workers for his vineyard. But um, then he's out there again at 12pm and you go, okay, well, I guess a half day's work is still something. but Then he's out there again at 3pm and then at 5pm only an hour before the end of the day and by this time you're thinking, okay, this is weird. Uh, He's not doing this because there's great value for him in getting another worker for an hour. Uh, There's got to be another reason for this. And then when you find out that he pays each and every one of his workers a full day's wage, you realise... Okay, this guy's just looking for an excuse to help people. That's all it's about. Uh, He he wants them to have food on the table for tomorrow. He's a generous man. That's what it's about. And, 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 And that's what you're meant to understand about the landowner. He's just incredibly generous. Now, the 6am workers, they find this a bit jarring, and we will look at their complaints soon. But the point is that the landowner is quite happy to pay the 5pm workers the same as the 6am workers because it was never about entitlement. It was always about grace. And that's the nature of the kingdom of God. You know, and Jesus says down in verse 16, so the last will be first and the first will be last. What he's saying to you is, okay, you realize that there's something that's kind of upside down about my kingdom. My kingdom just isn't the way that you would expect it. Uh, Normally, if you're looking for someone to be part of your team, you're looking at credentials, aren't you? Uh, You might remember from you know, school, when teams are chosen. If you were one of the first ones to be chosen, you felt happy about that because they probably picked you because you were kind of okay at that sport, Uh, but if you were picked last, you felt a little bit embarrassed about that. But here Jesus is saying, you know what, my kingdom doesn't operate that way uh, because it's not about how good you are, it's not about your accomplishments, it's not even about reaching a certain level of morality before you'll get into the kingdom, but rather it's about recognising that we haven't matched up to what we're meant to be and that we need God's grace to us in Jesus, that we need his life lived for us, that we need his death for our sakes, that we need his resurrection, conquering sin and death. And so those who have a sense of entitlement, I've got this covered, end up being last because that's not what the kingdom is about. But those who recognise Their need for his grace. They are first. See, it's a kingdom of grace, not a kingdom of merit. You know, friends, in not too long we're going to share in the Lord's Supper together, and as we do that, well, it's all about what Jesus brings to the table, isn't it? Uh, His body broken for us, his blood shed for us. It's not about what we bring to the table. And there's that great old hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. It will actually re- reflect on it over the Lord's Supper. And it, it expresses this so well, doesn't it? It says, When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count, but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my Lord." All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See, it's this upside-down kingdom, isn't it? I pour contempt on all my pride, and I boast rather in the death of Jesus Christ, my Lord, because it's his grace that makes the difference to me. And friends, I would want to say today I trust that... uh, what, uh, that this is not just true for the hymn writer, but I trust that this is true for you today. Is that true for you today? Uh, that your sense is not one of proud entitlement to God's kingdom, but that rather it is one of boasting in the gracious death of Christ for you. Now, just to say, if that's not how you thought about these things before, if for you Christianity has been, more about keeping up to a standard with God, uh, then today would be a great time to change that way of thinking, to ask God to help you find your great boast in his grace towards you. The first will be last and the last will be first. This is the grace of the landowner. And finally, we come this morning to the grumblers, And here we're going to spend a little more time on those who were the 6am workers in the story. Now, as we've seen already, the the 6am workers, they're not happy when the end of the day comes uh, and they let the landowner know about that. Hey, we bore the heat of the day for you. And some of these guys, they've only been around for an hour and they're getting the same as us. And the response of the landowner is very telling. He reminds them what they received, that it was completely reasonable. They were happy at the beginning of the day for that. And uh, the reality is, okay, if he hadn't been generous to the others, actually they would have no worries right now. Uh, Their problem, in fact, was his generosity. Uh, Okay, earlier this year, at the ripe old age uh, of 44, I actually experienced something which was a first for me, uh, and that is, I went to a concert. Now, you might say, that sounds ridiculous. Your first concert was at the age of 44, and I would totally have to agree with you about that. I I totally should have been to a concert uh, by then. But, you know, to make matters worse, I have to admit that this Particular concert I hadn't even planned to be at. Uh, Simone has a friend and she sometimes uh, walks with that friend. And um, on the morning of the concert, her friend mentioned that somehow they'd ended up with a couple of um, spare um, concert tickets, you know, food and drinks provided, corporate box to Ed Sheeran and would we like to come? And we said, yes. And so we went along, and we had an amazing time. And just to say, if you'd asked me before the concert what songs Ed Sheeran sings, I could have named a couple, one or two. Um, But that'd be about it. And so, I mean, if you were looking for a more unworthy recipient of such a generous gift, it was probably me. Uh, There would have been plenty of others who knew all the Ed Sheeran songs and who had a much better track record at getting along to concerts than me. And no doubt some of them didn't get along to it and they would think that it was appalling that a concert barbarian like me would get to Ed Sheeran in front of them. But in the end, Simone's friend can be generous to whoever she wants to be generous, can't she? It's completely up to her. And that's utterly good and right and fair and to my benefit. And this is kind of the point that the the landowner is is making here to the six same workers. He's saying, don't I have the right to be generous to who I want to be generous to? Of course I do. And that's true with God too. God is free to show his kindness and his generosity to whoever he wants to. You know, the 6am workers in this parable, they're kind of similar to the older brother in the, um, the, the parable of the prodigal son, if you know that story. Because what they show us is that it is possible actually to have a grumbling attitude toward the grace of God, an attitude where we complain that God shows his generosity to others. And Jesus is warning against that because he's he's wanting to say, you know, the basis of my kingdom is grace. And so if you start to take pride in, in your place in the kingdom and then resent others who seem to be getting it easier, you are forgetting the very nature of the kingdom. Okay, think of the disciple Peter, for example. Uh, he and the other disciples walked with Jesus through all the harassment of the Pharisees. And you can imagine the temptation Peter and the others uh, could have had later on the track to, to sort of look down on, on, on the latecomers to being disciples of Jesus. Or, or think of the, the Jews in general. Uh, they'd already been through 2,000 years of, 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 of knowing God, and uh, you can imagine the temptation when the Gentiles, the non-Jews, come in and, and are welcomed into the kingdom, to, to sort of think of them as, as latecomers, 11th hour people who, who, who really hadn't experienced what they had experienced. But see, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of grace, it's not one of entitlement, and how often we need to remind ourselves of this, even as Christians. You know, for some of you, you've been seeking to live a faithful Christian life for quite a while now. And you may even feel like you've, you've gone through the heat of the day in terms of your Christian walk. Uh, you've endured hard things and you've stayed faithful. You've been sticking with it. But still there's no escaping, that it gets you down, that there's still that sin that you thought you would have made more progress in by now, or that there's members of your family that have not yet turned to Christ, or have turned away from him, or there's those close Christian friends you recently lost, or your marriage It often feels hard. Or your business, it's in trouble. Or then there's the medical appointments which keep on mounting up. And you look around and you see others, some of whom seem like they haven't even done the hard yards yet. Or maybe they're not even following Jesus. And yet at the same time, their life seems kind of easier in some of those areas. And the tendency can be to grumble, can't it? I mean, why do they get a better hourly rate than me? Now, it's a fool's game because you rarely know for sure all of what's going on in another person's life. But also, in the end, it's not about entitlement, is it? Should we have an envious eye because God shows generosity toward another? And when we think, in fact, that we were entitled to judgment, but now we have eternal life, all because of God's great generosity toward us in Christ, when we think of that, surely the right response is to be thanking God for grace not second-guessing God for his grace. You know, I remember a godly Christian woman we were friends with, I'll call her Jenny. Uh, she'd been a Christian for many years now, and she was in her 30s, uh, and she wanted to be married, hadn't found the right Christian guy. And she'd been so faithful at such an example of Christian love, um, using her circumstances to serve others with Just with joy. And um, she had her supports as well, including another Christian woman, Anna, uh, who was actually at exactly the same stage as her, in the same situation as her, and they supported each other really, really well. And uh, then the time came when Anna found a godly Christian guy and got engaged. And without a doubt, for Jenny, there were things about that that were hard for her. And her relationship with Anna was going to change. Anna was moving away. Things would be different. But the thing that was just so impressive about Jenny was her joy that Anna was getting married to a godly Christian guy. She was so pleased for that. And it was just such a wonderful, wonderful response. But see, for her, God had the right to be generous as he saw fit. Because it was never about entitlement. And right now was a moment to be thankful for his grace toward a friend. Now, it doesn't take away whatever griefs there are. And it's absolutely right and good to feel those griefs. But we must be willing to look at all the twists and turns of life through a lens of grace. It's not about entitlement. We've already received so much more than we were entitled to. And for those who've put their trust in Jesus, there is just so much more in store Yes, there are hardships that we go through, but we receive a hundred times what we give up as we follow Jesus. And then, of course, there is eternal life. And so we are thankful for the blessings that God gives his people in this existence and the next. And we accept these things with deep gratitude, knowing that each blessing is something that God has given to us, not because we've earned it, but only because he is generous. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God of grace. Uh, We confess that we don't deserve it. We confess that we are needy, that we've broken your laws, that we've sinned against you, but you've shown us grace through the blood of Jesus. And so help us to trust in him and to live lives not of grumbling, of
0: gratitude. We pray this in Jesus' name.